You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Primary care is in crisis in the United States for patients, for businesses, and for physicians. As the foundation of our medical system is crumbling, this man has an alternative. Welcome to the Clinician Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and I'm pleased to welcome in today Dr. Edward Goldman, CEO of MDVIP, the nation's largest company specializing in personalized health care. Dr. Goldman and I will be talking about the current crisis in primary care in the United States, the outlook for primary care's future, and then a possible solution, the MDVIP model of personalized health care. Welcome, Dr. Goldman. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Friedman. I imagine you are very well acquainted with some of the pressures and stresses facing primary care physicians today. Well, there's no question. I actually am not practicing currently, but did practice for 22 years uh, before leaving practice to uh, start this endeavor. Um, And I think that um, I started practicing in a different era. If uh, we were able to reach your audience, they'd see enough gray in my beard to know that that was true. And then what happened is I sat on the sidelines watching things change. When I first started to practice, it was really doctors and patients. Patients actually paid the doctor for office visits, a unique concept, and, and they had major medical for catastrophic illness. This was before there was managed care. This was before there were HMOs. And then over the next 20-plus years, the landscape changed until we are um, sitting with a current system in which neither physicians nor patients are very satisfied. Despite the moves which were to be cost-effective, medical costs continue to go up at double digits. And so I think that we have the perfect storm where nobody is happy and uh, the original reason that we changed the system is not really forthcoming. And I certainly know that the reality of practice is different than the ideals I had when I went into medical school. What are some of the things that are eroding this patient-physician experience? The hallmark of it is really time with the patient. We devoted um, approximately an hour to a new patient. Uh, Routine visits uh, might be as brief as 15 minutes, but certainly a 30-minute office visit was not out of the ordinary or the routine. And I wondered how I was capable of doing that, given the practice that I was engaged in at the end of my practice. Uh, And I'm a compulsive pack rat. Um, I keep everything, including my office records from that time. And when I went back and looked, it was um, very obvious to me that part of the dilemma was that I had under a 1,000 patients. And today, according to the Harvard School of Epidemiology, we average between 23 and 2,500 patients. So the difficulty is that, according to a January article in the annals, we're down to about eight minutes of face time for an office visit. And that's drastically different than uh, the era that I started practicing in. Year in and year out, our landlords want more money. Our staff wants raises. Uh, Malpractice seems ever to be increasing. The only thing that doesn't keep pace is is reimbursements. And we exist in a system where there's a Medicare limiting charge and where there's an agreed-to fee schedule in managed care, which frequently is a percentage of Medicare. So the only way as physicians, or certainly as primary care physicians, that we can make ends meet is to see more patients in less time and that erodes the doctor-patient relationship, 
and it erodes what we were trained to do as physicians, given the training and given the time to to really delve into a patient in totality. And so I think that we're faced with a difficulty of how do we find more time in the day, how do we change the reimbursements that are going on right now, um, and how do we make that applicable across all socioeconomic strata. And we throw on top of all that certain guidelines that are demanding more of us, certainly medical legal stresses. Has this impacted the public's view of the physician? Patients all love their doctor, but they don't love the medical system. Their impression still is that we all are driving uh, Cadillacs and Lexuses and Rolls Royces. We all are very wealthy and are doing well, and they really don't want to understand the economic constraints, especially that primary care is under. One of the things that we instruct doctors is, um, is really it's not about your dilemma. It's really about the patient's dilemma because the patients also perceive that they're in dilemma. When we started um, MDVIP, um, I certainly was familiar with the misgivings that physicians have. All you have to do is sit around the hospital lunchroom and you can get the sentiment. Uh, what I really hadn't gauged was the depth of discomfiture and disappointment that the patients have in the system. And I think that's only going to get uh, more acute as the baby boomers, who are now knocking on 50 and even 60, start to become the predominant cohort in medicine. So both doctors and patients have uh, experienced equal frustration, or both at least have experienced frustration with the changes in the system. Um, Has this impacted the delivery of medical care, the quality of care? I believe it most certainly has. I think physicians are trying to do the best that they can under the circumstances. Every time we talk about the ability of physicians to deliver care, I think back to the um, the I Love Lucy episode where there was a conveyor belt and it was conveying chocolate candies um, and she was trying to put them in boxes, only the conveyor belt started to go faster and faster. And at some point, she couldn't keep up. She was stuffing them in her mouth, in her hat, wherever she could. And that's not dissimilar to what we have right now. There are studies that show from the Institute of Medicine that the medical system is now the fifth leading cause of death for medical errors. In point of fact, uh, most of that 98,000 deaths, and, and it's been looked at as an underestimate, do take place in the hospital because there is no concise system for ascertaining the errors that go on in offices. So it's probably magnified from that figure. But more acutely, um, the New England Journal published an article in 2003 which rated physicians on everything from acute and chronic care to prevention and gave us failing grades uh, below 60% in all of those areas. And the conclusion was that unless we change some basic processes the healthcare system itself would become a threat to the health of the American public. Duke in 2003 published an, an article in the Journal of Public Health that said that if physicians did just the, the preventive measures recommended by the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force, it would take them seven and a half hours per day out of an eight-hour day. They'd have 30 minutes to treat all the rest of illness And they recently published another article looking at 10 chronic diseases and estimating that if we followed the guidelines in just those 10 diseases, it would require more time than we give to full practice. So clearly, 
we're not doing more prevention than we need. Uh, we're not doing more chronic care and acute care than we need. What's happening is that the size of the practice has now got to the point that it's very difficult to keep up with that conveyor belt. And so something has to give. We either employ physician extenders or we become, as primary care physicians, much more triage-oriented to the specialists than we were several decades ago. So I think that medical care, despite the best of efforts, has really changed in terms of what we're able to do as primary care physicians. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Lee Friedman, and we are discussing the problems with our current primary care health delivery system with Dr. Edward Goldman, CEO of MDVIP. So Dr. Goldman, with all these stresses uh, and changes in the delivery of primary care, what do you see coming down the pike? Are we going to make some improvements here? Well, you know, there really is a um, a 5,000-pound gorilla or elephant sitting in the room that nobody seems to be talking about, at least the lay public and the media. We talk about everything from single-payer systems onward, but the real crisis was highlighted by the American College of Physicians in their report to Congress late last year, Um, and that is that it looks like the primary care system is starting to crumble. We have a situation... Uh, where practicing physicians are thinking of early retirement. In fact, a Merritt-Hawkins survey, Merritt-Hawkins is a a physician recruitment company, um, and they keep up to date on what physician retirement patterns are, uh, what physician specialty patterns are so that they can service their clients. A survey showed that of physicians who are 55 years old or older, Uh, Literally half of them over the next three to five years are either going to leave practice or are going to modify their practice significantly, restricting it and starting to pursue other endeavors. This is a decided difference from what physician patterns usually were. Physicians practiced into the 60s and some cases into their 70s. So our current pool of primary care deliverers uh, is shrinking. Uh, What about the new people coming into the system? I think this was really the crisis that the American College pointed out um, of first-year internal medicine residents. Literally 55% of them would end up in primary care. We are now down to 19%. So we're now facing a situation where the good doctors who are at the height of their career, the experienced doctors, are looking to opt out of the system, and we are not replacing them. The residents are not coming in to replace those physicians. So now your, <clears throat> your local drugstore, your local Walmart, will have a medical office um, with a representative of the profession sitting in a white coat. The difficulty is that that's a nurse practitioner and not a physician. And the concern is uh, that that is probably in a less than supervised situation who will treat patients, who will forward information to their primary care physician, who, by the way, now has a medical legal responsibility to follow up on that, even though he or she didn't see the patient. So we're starting to see the beginnings of a very splintered system. And what that has effectively done is taken the easy cases that allowed me to catch up on my schedule and raise the acuity of my practice. So now I'm treating older patients with multi-system disease. 
And unless we change something, this is going to progress till it's a crisis. And then as the government is very capable of doing, they will react to the crisis um, with God knows what draconian measure. I want to thank Dr. Edward Goldman, who's been our guest as we've been discussing the problems with the primary health care system delivery in the United States today. Uh, Dr. Goldman has outlined many of the difficulties with our current system. When we return, we will be discussing Dr. Goldman's personalized health care model that is a possible solution to many of these problems. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.